Cool, man. I'm glad. No, I'm glad to be doing. I'm glad to, dude. I gotta tell you, podcast touring is yeah. a lot more exhausting. Oh yeah, it's the new. Uh, it's like the new. It's the new. I don't know what. What would I mean? There's got to be a. I mean, are you gonna do like Kelly Ripa and Ryan well, Seacrest? No, just, just, yeah, like the, it's the, the new that. The, yeah, the the thing that I want to do when I do like this shit is do it with guys that like, like, dude. And by the way, I really appreciate what you, you did. Like, uh, like you're the type of dude that like when you meet you, or maybe I'll save this for the. We're I'll, going. Uh, oh, we are. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> Like you're the come on man, you're, you're, compliment me up, dude. <laughs> you're like, yeah, don't go. Trust me, the compliment's gonna be on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you're like you're the type of dude that when we met in, we met in um, Montreal, just for laughs. Yeah, yeah. And we were at the Montreal festival. We were even in like the same bus going to one of those yeah, same yeah. shows. Yeah, might have been the Kevin Hart one, and, and we were just there. And you were the type of dude that like when you had a rapport, like when you have a rapport with somebody, you're cool with them. Yeah. Like, hey man, like, oh, you're funny, blah blah. You're funny. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Like you. You reached out to me during pandemic and go, hey man, like I was in Seattle, one of your bits came on, oh, so yeah. funny, uh, love the podcast, just great. And then I'm like, so I want to do podcasts with guys like that, like totally. Ryan Sickler, oh, I did yeah, his, for the homie. like another, yeah, like there's certain people where it's like I'm not gonna go and run around and just do. Oh, a friend of a friend said I should do that one, and right. I don't know the person. It's yeah. like I like to meet you because and it's gonna be a better podcast. Totally. You know, the reason why people, the reason why me and Bobby Kelly click on podcasts, the reason why me and Burp click, it's because it's like we're throwing alley-oops to each other. We totally. know each other. So when you have like a homie like that, yeah. like it's just going to be, it's going to work. And guys need minimal info to like really develop rapport. It's like right out of the gate, A, I liked your stand-up. Like I knew we had mutual buds. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, within five seconds of saying what up to someone, you know. it's like, I don't know, did they give you eye contact? Did they right. not fucking try to like slap the top of your dick as like a bit? And you're like, oh, I guess that's what you think is funny. Like yeah. next time I'll be hard, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but uh, we just like, and sports and comedy. Yeah. And then like just be like, I don't know, approachable. It's kind of a well, short checklist. Because, but. because in this business, we're so used to insecurity. Yeah. And insecurity either making somebody act like an asshole or right. just kind of be like in a shell and when you know somebody that just lets that go and they're just cool it's like oh this is oh yeah this is it also you, i know you had just gotten your restraining orders lifted uh on <laughs> yeah. uh on dan cook so i knew that that was like out in the like that we, we could bond over that um no so okay so when i met you you, you your kids were how old my kids, when I met you, my, so they're three years apart. So when I met you, I believe my kids were either 10 and 7 or okay. 9 and 6. Okay. At a pretty, I just remember, because, you know, I am not, I'm an uncle, but I'm not a, I'm not one of those guys that's like, I get it, dude. Like, the dad stuff, I pretty much get it just without. Right. But here, you, I remember you had a really uh, sharp, like, fun dad, but like, because I've heard a lot of um, comics kind of break down the father uh, business. And, like, you had such poignant shit. I wish I could remember the exact bits. Yeah. And uh, that was that made me actually uh, go, oh, maybe, like, I want to do this sooner than later. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you had, like, a fun take on it, but we're able to really break down, like, how difficult 
It can be, but not to deter somebody away from being like, having kids is a fucking, dude, good luck. Dude, you'll sleep when you die, man. Like, these guys fucking suck. I should call them fucking dream killer (laughs) and fucking, you know, should have swallowed, you know, but you had a really, a really fun take on it. Yeah, and, and and always makes me feel good when when like Burr and Giannis and some of my dearest friends go, dude, I did this because of you, and I'm going, really, Whoa. dude, I was, dude, I, I was sitting down and both of them like looked me in the face. Those are two of my dearest friends yeah. in in the business and in life now, and goes, dude, I, I I did this like, and then seeing them with their kids and knowing that like, cause me. Me not having a family was never part of this. Like I was gonna now I was probably delusional thinking, oh, I'm gonna start making it in a comedy with a family. I <laughs> yeah, could do all that. Bring sure. on the fucking responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But but I, I it is a little more listen, there is a balance and there's a give or take. Right. You know, I'm not gonna be I'm gonna get my sets in, but I'm not gonna be out there drinking at the bar at one o'clock in the morning. Right. Sobers you, know? you up. Yeah, and there were nights where I was a comic where I was out and I'm looking and I'm kind of hammered and it's two and I go, I got to be, I got to get a baby on a bus in five hours. Wow. So like those nights and you're like, well, I can't, so having- you got to have those nights too though, still, have, right? Yes. Every now and then? Yes. Just to like- Yeah, you can't Keep be, one foot in the game, but also like not expect to be, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you have to have you have to have those nights, but then like there are some of those times where your wife looks at you and goes, All right, "What the fuck?" Are we doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Dude? You yeah. came in with a Slurpee and a half-eaten burrito, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, four. you you were throwing up at, at, at six. The <laughs> yeah, kids yeah. need to be on the bus. They're scared. Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> scared, yeah. yeah, yeah, but like I think that doing this job and having a family, it makes like your comics going like, "Oh, so like did it hurt your career, dude?" It made it better. I remember one time we were outside Stand Up New York, yeah, and JB Smooth was on. On the stoop and he had been in the in the business probably about 18 years and uh he was writing he didn't get the curb this is before the curb uh he got curb he was writing for snl he was a oh, writer wow. he auditioned oh, yeah, that's right. he auditioned the year that keenan auditioned gotcha. and he got on as a writer and i remember he was sitting outside and he goes man he goes when my daughter was born he goes that's when that's when it's like that you're in that you're in that horse race and that's when the blinders go on and it doesn't matter. That's what my wife says when my son Lucas was born, she saw a difference in me. I don't think so because I was always hungry. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just like I think I was getting better at the time he was born. But she says she saw something in me that was almost like, you know, like the last minute of a basketball game when they're about to inbound it. <laughs> oh, and the shit. defense is going a little harder. Oh, to stop. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You know, that's the defense amazing. is like then they got to call a timeout yeah. even before they inbound. Right. You know. It could have been that shit, but um, yeah, it's just like it's like when you love what you do and you want a family, you're gonna make it work. Yeah, it's all it's all about like the person. It, now, a lazy piece of shit who wants to drink and do drugs, right, is gonna keep doing is, that. Is gonna keep doing that, and for them, they're like, oh, kids, fuck that. Oh, it's gonna hurt my career. It's like, no, no, no. you're using that as an excuse. Right, you think it's gonna hurt? You want to do that stupid shit because right. we're ch- a lot of us are children. Is that uh, dude a thousand percent? Did yeah. you did uh, was having a family? You come from a what type of family? Like big? I come from a broken home. Gotcha. I come from a broken home. My parents had like textbook what not to do when you get divorced. My father, 100% Sicilian. We don't do that. Well, you fuck, you know, she went crazy. We don't do it. My mother, Greek. So my mother's 100% Greek. Uh, my father's 100% Sicilian. Whoa. Uh, early 80s. You know, my dad was making money. We were doing good. We lived We lived in like in a tutor near Scarsdale. Like if I, if they didn't, I always say if they didn't, <sighs> You know, get divorced. I would not be in his business. I would be probably went to a great college. Totally. I probably would have had some sort of job, whether, you know, doing something.
something. And I fully agree. Mine got divorced at nine years. How old were you? Uh, my brother Christian was 10, so he took more of the bullets, yeah. but I was five, and it was just a broken home. Separated, seeing him like a little on Sunday and a little on Wednesday, yeah. then dropping us off. But it was brutal with them. You kind of don't know any different at that age, like even five and nine respectively. Like yeah. You're still kind of a little oblivious to like, Oh, I still get to see him though, right? But then like it starts to creep in like the the gaps of like, yeah. oh, once a week or sometimes once every two weeks and then yeah. seeing them and then seeing other people's parents yeah. and go and and having that be the example of like, why isn't mine like that? Why aren't they like yeah. cheersing spoons and having Cheerios and like yeah. You know, kind of you know, playing with each other under the table, you know, something to kind of show that the family's together. The family's, and, and yeah, and I didn't have that. So what that did was that stripped a lot of my security. So I was always worried about my mom, something would happen. Even though my stepfather came in the picture, yeah. I just like not having your not having your dad there. And I'm starting to see it now. Like when Lucas and Sophia see me and Stacy fight. You could even see, like, and we don't go crazy in front of them. Yeah. But, like, if they just see that there's any sort of tension, you can see. But then when we hug, you can see them light up. Whoa. Dude, I fucking hugged my wife in the kitchen after, like, we were, it wasn't bad. We were just having, like, a, a hectic week. She's working from yeah. home. Um, I, I, I'm going to get the kids. If I got a, I'm running down. I built a podcast studio in my, in, in my, uh, in a, a room off my garage during pandemic. Killer. So I'm going down there doing stuff. And it's just tension. And it's By hard. Way, it's the first pandemic. Everything is elevated. So, like, there's a yeah. lot of, like, hopefully, you know, the kids will look back and be like, like, yeah. fucking, we give you guys a little bit more slack because COVID, like, we didn't truly understand what that was <laughs> yeah. and who was in charge. But. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, for the first little bit, we're playing cards at night. We all, everything is good. But when they feel the tension, but my daughter, I saw my daughter watch me. I went up to Stacy, like, she was at the, like, sink, and I went up to her from behind, and I kind of just put my arms around, and I kissed her on the cheek, I hugged her, and I saw my daughter light i Whoa. saw my daughter feel the security Whoa. of the family of the stableness Whoa. i saw it too she was, so then now this little girl is like i'm gonna enjoy this nugget a little more yeah. this shit's good like yeah. you know the, the the structure totally is strong and 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 so and and vice versa when they feel tension i could see my daughter kind of just like my you know but me and my wife are really good like if we have a fight we'll like we'll talk later how uh how has uh just having a family changed your comedy like Wait, wait, and does it? Man, I have so many questions. Let me yeah. actually start. Oh, okay. okay, so New Jersey, New York, New York. Yep. Uh, do people still get like? Is there still like a, a strong? Um, I don't know. Rival between that, like me just mistaking it. Were you like, dude? There is a big difference. Fuck you for assuming that I grew up anywhere near Trenton. The funniest. <laughs> I hate it because of the traffic and the bridge and all that shit. But there's it, what's crazy is like six miles. Uh, Adam and it's different crowds it's different people mm. Jersey and New York are like right here and you wait I remember the late great Mike DiStefano rest Oof, his soul he, yeah, man. he would he would be like you go over the bridge and it's just different you'd be in Jersey at the stress factory not that they're complete fucking animals <laughs> but it's just different it's just a different oh yeah you know thing than New York so no I mean I don't know about like a rivalry but like I always me and my friends are always like I'm fuck Jersey you know what is who's a give me like the breakdown of a Jersey guy and like a New York guy like what's the true Oh man, that's a a New York guy. 
I would say probably thinks they're more classy. Like right. a New York guy is kind of like the, those the, over there. They're a little fucking, you know, yeah. they're little flip flops and like neck, like flip flops and cocaine over right. there. Right, right. Where we'll like have a suit and, and do blow on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so it's like we're all pieces of shit, right. but at least we dress the part. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they accept that they're nasty, yeah. you know. Um, but it's all good. I got a lot of friends from a lot of friends. A lot of great comics came from Jersey too. So. Right. Uh, okay. So you started. So in New York, are you? What are you around comedically that even, like, are you funny with your fam? Do you start doing it as a, a way to kind of, I don't know, be a distraction to maybe some of the chaos that you start to see between your folks? I guess you're five, so I don't know if, yeah, where think, do you get the bug for any of this, you know? Yeah, I think what it was was, um, I always talk about this story. My dad, believe it or not, even though my mom and dad went their separate ways, SNL was always on, Johnny Carson was always on, and my dad was like a big fan of Rodney. Whoa. But it's weird because my dad was a big fan of Rodney, but he's also a big fan of Dice. Mm. So like my dad liked all this stuff and we were around it, but when Raw, Eddie Murphy Raw came out in 87, it was in movie theaters. And my grandmother, I always tell this story, but my grandmother and mother, like, you can't take them to that. I was 10, dude. I was ten when Raw came out, and, and my dad, my dad's, I was like, I, my dad's like, I'm not, you know. So, so he took me and my brother. Did you want to go? Yeah. You see an ad for it, and you were like, I holy was, shit! I, I was like, like, dude, we're going to see. And I remember sitting. We were in Movie Land in Yonkers, and I remember watching the limo pull up, and it said Raw, and he gets out in the in the blue and and black thing, and he just came out there, and the thing opened, and I just was, I'm getting the chills right now, and I was locked, and I'm going. So then I think. You know, since my parents got divorced, my mother moved us a lot. So I always had to, I always had to get friends and be liked. So I would always start low, and people would be like, "Who's this guy?" But then all of a sudden, I would get popular and girls and sports, and then all of a sudden, move. So I think that was part. But I was always able to tell stories. Yeah. And be like, you watch Paul do that thing that Eddie Murphy did in in Beverly Hills Cop. So even as a little kid, so I think I always, I think I always had it. Right. You know, in me, and then I did my first open mic in upstate New York, in Woodstock, New York, actually, um, at 21 years old, and I didn't have anything written down. I thought I thought I can go and just talk and be funny. I didn't. So the next week, I go. I was like, well, that wasn't good. I, I had no joke. So I go book me next Tuesday, and then I I wrote, I wrote, and right. I brought my six minutes, and some friends came, and that's when the bug. That's when I started calling New York City up in my early 20s to do like bringer shows, new comic nights, wow. and then that's how it happened. I dropped out of college right after that. Wow. And I was like, and I got a sales job, and I was knocking uh, doors, phone, cable, internet, door to door, making like 50 grand a year at 21, and and doing stand up wherever I could but what I when I got into it it was black rooms and contests yeah that I came about up right. I came Adam I came up fucking eight mile style <laughs> oh man only white dude in the room me or one other white dude it's they're like oh that, that white boy's funny let's see and it was just like and I had to do it no money like 200 audience members that are just like let's go let's see if you're funny and uh, but I loved it man and, I, and, and then all of a sudden somebody goes hey man you're funny come do this room Oh, come do that room. Which is how it should happen, by the way. The, when so I see organic. young comics like posting, yeah. like, I'm in your city, let me do your shows. I'm like, man, fucking, like, you got to put in the work of being around and being great. And it, yeah. that stuff does happen when it's supposed to happen. Like, you putting in yeah. the time and being like, I'm going to put my head down, write more, uh, and and uh, and be, being active yeah. to, to call these places to try to get in. But then it's like, yeah, then once you're on stage, like, when people want, like, that stuff, when they see you, crush and then they want to pull you to another show that it happens yeah. the way it's supposed to and and i think what you said you hit it on the head because it's like as much as this youtube fame shit helps people fill rooms it's not it's not like i want to put the work in yeah 
And then it's like, so 15 minutes after your set or whatever, you're like something's got to. So I love the fact that like your chops and your experience doesn't lie. Yeah. When that comes out, it's like you're right. I see your clips when, when you post clips. Oh, dude, that crowd. Like yeah, you're yeah. working. Like yeah, yeah. comics can see other comics that are working. Totally. And, and that are like, oh, this guy can go as a national headliner. Right. A rooms across the country and kill for an hour. Right. And then you see people who are like, oh, they're trying to get followers. And I'm not knocking that. Totally. I'm not. Listen, man, this is everybody. But it's a lot more clear than you think. It's a lot as more. far as like what the intent is and what it and what you're, you can just tell. It's like yeah. there's there's and that's why this is such a just profession where there's no replacement for the work. It's like that's right. You know you can't, uh, you know you can't uh, think that that just because I mean and there's people that have uh, talked about it and even I think Angela Johnson when she first got. Uh, her uh, Bonquiqui videos like blew up and she was getting headline opportunities and she was like, I only had like 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, so I would try to like fill the time with other stuff and then told them like, hey, like I can't be doing this yet. I need to go fucking get an hour because people are coming out, but I don't have, and I want them to come back and really be, you know, pumped to, to see what they saw, you know? Yeah, I heard that like when Guy Code and Girl Code was out, I heard that th those comics that got on that oh, yeah. were starting to fill rooms, and then you would hear bookers go, like, after 15 minutes, Whoa. you know, it would be, like, a difficult thing. But the ones that wanted to do stand-up stayed in the game and got better. Yeah. And the other ones who were just like, I'll take this money, you know what I mean? Totally. So, But I'll never... One thing I learned about this business is you, I never... Never knock any anything, but I thought of something last night, and I'm going to talk about it on your show. Please. Because it hit... Because as I'm, I'm moving up in the business and, and, and I remember even my mentor and best friend Bill Burr said a guy like you it's going to take longer because I'm just like it's we're talking about work travel put it in like and I never there was never I don't I'm not gonna I, how, how do I say this I'm not gonna go out in and not again I'm not knocking it but I'm not gonna go out on the streets in makeup and do man on the street shit in my underwear right. and make a YouTube channel have a YouTube channel to yeah. get that and then that, I, that's just I, and one of the best compliments I get is when people like Verzi I love your approach man you're genuine yeah. and even though if that takes a little longer cool but those fans are like my fans are like you know so, and now that it's, it's, it's moving up but I thought about something about success and I feel like you ever notice and I'm sure this probably happens to you with, the, with your stand up and your acting I know it happens to me you ever notice when you move a, a few steps up you take a few steps up but then there's always then something then you got to take a step back oh, so yeah. it's like it's like always a few steps forward but then one back i feel dude, like dude it's paula abdul has never been more right about the entertainment business <laughs> as with soon as you said that forward. i pictured the fucking video <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you just like did opposites attract with the cartoon cat man that was a bigger <laughs> message there which was about like comedy and the entertainment business she was just like look i know i'm fucking a uh you know a hologram of a of a, a cat, cat but like yeah. there is <laughs> Everything is two steps forward and then two steps back, but you're exactly right, dude. And you get a little something, it's a push-pull constantly of like getting fired up and trying to ride that wave into the yeah. next thing, and yeah. maybe it doesn't go the way you plan. so then I think sometimes, too, we actively take that step back because we do have that insecurity. Yes. What did you do uh, lately for me, and we're as good as our last thing, so it's like if something, if you're trying to ride that momentum... And you're like, all right, cool. Then that's gonna happen. And that's gonna do that. And then yeah. it doesn't. And you're like, oh man. Yeah. So I guess I'm fucking all the way back. It's like, no, no, don't skip over those two things you just stacked to get yeah. to that next one. And and I think part, I think the step back, embracing that and dealing with that with experience yeah. as a veteran, going, okay, no, this is the time where a step back is coming. Now I'm gonna deal with this step back yes. appropriately yes. instead of being frantic or worried about it. And yes. I feel like the people that everybody. From Chappelle to Eddie, they've all been like, oh, man, I wish this wasn't going on. What am I going to do? And then get through that. So knowing that and see, you know what it's like? It's like reading the Blitz. Like like when you're a new quarterback yeah. and, and you, you just got out of college 
and now you're a quarterback, and the game's so fast, yeah. you can't read the blitz. Now you're the game's slow. You're pointing. Yeah. You know, anytime a quarterback starts pointing at shit, they're 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 good. They're confident. They're confident. They've been there before. They've been there. They know what that linebacker's about to do, and they're ready for it. Or by the way, but I mean, like, wouldn't it be great if we find out like that was like a a move that quarterbacks just to look like they've been there before? The same way like a young comic will maybe lean on the mic stand like prematurely because so, they heard that's, that's what Burr and Verzi do. I'll oh, lean on the stand just to kind of act like that. Then people see them, they have that picture. And their friends back home were like, dude, you fucking look real comfortable up there. Yeah, man. Well, it's I'm fucking lean on the mic stand. That's what you do. That's funny. Yeah. Just no, the pointing. I mean, I know that's what I would do. I would just immediately get back there and just be like and just saying shit and pointing. That's but. so funny. Like, dude, were you were you scared? Because you didn't look at you. No, I was just pointing. You wouldn't even say anything. You were just pointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even call him plays. I was just terrified, man. I was just trying to fucking be like, fucking, this is, please don't hit me that hard. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was pointing at him begging, come on, dude, we went to college together, dude. Come on, dude, we won a national championship, 32, what's up? Oh, yeah. Do, um, do you, um, so when you're writing, do you try to, you know, do you have, do you sit down and have like a time like each? No, no, That and that's the thing, like, um, so I'll tell you, my new closer, my new special, because I'm going to be shooting a special in September, my, second, my yeah. second one. Yeah. First and, one's called and, again. Uh, first one's called I'll Say This. Yeah, so good. And, uh, dude, Comedy it broke, Central. It broke some records on Comedy Central, and it has over 10 million online combined views, and a lot of it came during pandemic. So people are going, oh, I loved my your man. 2020 special. I'm like, oh, that was 2018, but, you know, talk to Comedy Central about that. That's yeah. not, you know, but no. Find it when you find it, though, Yeah, right? find it when you find it. We were able to get some clips. They released more clips to me. Oh, good. But um, I'm shooting the next one, but my closer so uh my closer of the next special was me and my son are in my me and my son are in my driveway playing basketball my son's really good at basketball like dope like, by the way that's all i want like, like professionals professional son, but i want a kid that's fucking like showing signs even if you don't get to the fucking league <laughs> yeah i want to like at least have a run where there's like aau cool tournaments like where you're showing just nuggets of uh dude my son like professional NBA players and, and college players. When Chrissy D, Chris Stefano, he saw me. Chrissy has like a scoring record at St. Joseph's Division Three. He scored more points than anybody in Queens. In division, yeah, he scored, yeah. And he saw my son and, and people see my, my son's my son's jumpers picture perfect. Like the elbow snap in the wrist. He's, he's 12. Who is he and uh, his, reminiscent uh, of? Like? like he just, he wants, you know, he just sees the stuff he sees on TV. Yeah. So they're all doing this thing where they're pointing to their veins, ice in the veins. And I'm just Love like, that. listen, buddy. He just turned 12. Awesome. You know, but me and him are in the driveway. That's when I first started cursing, by the way. So, like, I get, like, well, any sort of taunting. Like, when you're 12, like, that is the age when you start to kind of dial in yeah. athletically on, on something that you yeah. are, like, I bring a little something extra to the table. So, like, doing that, like, I'm so, all for that. It's also funny to see a kid do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he'll, like, yeah. you know, and he, and he talks. But but it's funny that you said that's when you started cursing because I'm not obviously going to go into the whole bit, but we're playing in the driveway. And he's he knows that like and even though I'm only five eight, I was always the you know the little white kid in the corner who would just develop a shot Love and, that. and you know so we're in the driveway and I'm start I start beating him because he was being rude to his sister bad and he threw the ball like hey she was he was being so I was like come on now we'll play one on one so I kind of back him to the hole one nothing you know then I hit another one you know you get your shot from me you know yeah. <laughs> dude he starts he starts I see him start to like blush and really start his heart started going and he wanted he was like okay dude he steals it from me. Okay, and he starts running towards the hoop, and I'm like, oh shit! And he pops one, and it goes in, and he just looks me in the eyes, and he goes, "Let's fucking go!" Oh, right? Oh man! And I remember I walked, I, I, I go, "What?" Like, and 
go, go, go sit down and think about that. I remember how proud I was. You're playing me for custody. You're Dude, like, whoa, I, what? I, what? I, I yeah. walked away like, this fucking kid is the shit, right? But I can't let him know. No, dude, so, you got to contain so that. So I'm like, I'm your father. You don't talk to me. So anyway, long story short. But secretly, I love that I shit. Knew, I knew as I'm walking into the house, I go, oh, my God, this could be, this could be a joke. I find out. I tell some friends. I find out Andy Richter and Conan O'Brien hear about it. Hear, hear about the joke and they're fucking going, laughing their balls off awesome. so someone's like dude this is a joke then I tell my another buddy of mine Chris Lambert he goes that's funny so I'm like oh, let, me, let me do it so I'm at the cellar that's how you by the way I feel like gather some of your best and, shit and right? that, that's how I living life how, telling yes. the stories because you're a great storyteller yeah. recognizing that people are like you get the response the younger the, the younger comic in me wouldn't have known that that was a brilliant piece for a show the younger comic in me that I wouldn't see it but now I'm going oh my god that that right there that life nugget yeah. is going to be so I do it at the cellar and it fucking levels and now Whoa. I'm going oh I now but but now you know as a comic you start adding of course so I'm in New York comedy club I do it boom the next comic goes on Paul Paul stay here yeah I had a story like that like they started involving their stuff like I'm going, oh I think I got something right so tagging now, your so story now, with their now, own now, stories now, now it's now it's two times old get ready for this it's two times old somebody goes you're opening for Burr in the round at the garden in front of 18,000 you got to do that joke right so check this out dude whoa dude check this out dude so 18,000 in the round, everybody I know, comedy club people, like everybody knows that I'm doing it. Joe Bartnick, hilarious. He said hello, yeah, by the way. Love Joe. Yeah, he said hello. He loves you too. Uh, he's opening and I'm going second. And then, now I had opened, I had done it with DeRosa three years prior where I went first, then DeRosa. There were some sound issues. I still had a great set, but it was, it was, it was like a horseshoe instead of the round. The round. The, the garden. Okay. This is, so, so now... I'm going second. Like, there was some sound issues for me and Joe. So the first one was good, but we remember going, man, we wish there was a box of 200 people that couldn't hear. Oh. So there was like a ruckus. And it was just, and don't get me wrong, the people that heard were like, great set. But just to Come know. Come on, in the comic in you, to just, know that just, not everyone got to. to, to, to yes. <clears throat> so time, all of yeah. a sudden, Burr is like, dude, I want you and Barnick on the next one. And this is kind of when I started, like, really not opening for Burr anymore. I was like, this is kind of like, yeah. all right, we'll do, like, when we go to a game on the road, we'll all jump on a show. Fuck but yeah. I'm not opening for you anymore. And he was like, yeah. So anyway. Uh, Which that's a big step. We'll I, talk about that. Go, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. So yeah, and that has to happen. But yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. So eighteen thousand, the garden, the round, and I'm and I said to myself, all right, look, if the set goes well, I'll see where if I can do this bit. Okay, we'll see. But who knows, dude? I get on stage. This is on my children, and 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 you know, dude, I had the set of my fucking life at the garden to the point where when I was talking it was quiet. When I it was ah oh, ah ah. Chris Rock was there. Chris Rock said I killed. Dude, it was nuts. Whoa. Dude, I fucking... Here's the thing. So now I'm on stage. 18,000 people. I got them in the palm of my hand. And I just looked up at the rap and I saw the Knicks. I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. I saw Pat and I saw all that shit up there. And I'm going... I'm doing... I go, all right, guys. You saw Pat I, Riley sitting I, in the no, bleachers? No, no, no. I saw oh. Patrick Ewing's... I saw oh, Patrick I thought you were going to be Pat Riley was going to look down and give you like a thumbs up or something from the fucking nosebleeds. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Patrick Ewing stared at me and just went like this. <laughs> Patrick Ewing just looked at me and just went like this. He had the sweat dripping from his chin like he was at the line. And that's the moment I knew to do the... No. He unbuttons his jacket. He's wearing a shirt with your face no, on he, it. He just goes... He goes like this. It's 33, but then it turns. It says Versi. So, so, so fucking... So I look up and I'm, I'm having the set of my life. And then I go, all right, look. If I do the story now... And it doesn't work. It's still an amazing night. Totally. If it works, you're playing with house if, money. If it works, it's literally the night of my life. Dude, I go on stage. I look up, and, and unbeknownst to me, 
fucking unbeknownst to me, Quest loves there. Chris Rocks. I don't know. Whoa. I'm on staging around at the garden. Just, just I'm, I'm in my blinders. Get the set. Real quick, do you like to know that if like Burr was like, "Yo, this guy's here. This girl's here. These people like," would you go, "Hey, don't tell me that." So it, it depends. Now, now if he's like, "Hey, so and so may stop by," or if I ever, or like even if I'm in the city, if I'm in the city, like I was in the city, and that who was there was some movie star. Someone was in. I don't know if it was, it was uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, and but some people like they'll always be like at the cellar or certain places. They'll be like, "Oh, so and so's in there." And you're just like, whatever. Like, I don't. Yeah. But, but the garden, I was just so locked. I knew everybody was there gotcha. or anybody could be there. Gotcha. So it was, I was just in a set. So I'm having a set of my life and I'm just, I remember going, oh my God, dude, this is, this is cloud nine. And I go, let's, let's try this. If it works, it's going to be. And I look up, I go, guys, I'm going to get out of here with a story uh, about basketball. Where, where else to tell it than here? About my son and dude I did the story and I, I and by this time I have punches I talk about what he did to his sister I do a whole story it's a piece how far removed from the initial inception of the joke are we now oh this this is I mean this is quick this is probably like six months but Whoa. no but but like six, six months since it's happened no but I've only done it twice on stage oh so 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 maybe like since it happened and then a couple times on stage and then knowing I had it's so, so new so man. it's so new it's so new. And I go into the thing, and I did the whole bit, and when I said, and then my, my son starts running, I'm like, oh, shit, I got that back on defense, and he hits the shot, and he looks me in the face, and he goes, let's fucking go, dude. Madison Square Garden erupted like they hit a three to win in game seven. Wow. And I remember looking around, and I remember going, and I was like, Baba, and I remember, I, I, I go, all right, you guys ready for me to bring out the man you came to see? I said, New York, it's been an honor. They go nuts, and I'm just going, dude, I just got to, I'm never going to be at the Garden again unless it's me. I'm never, if anybody says, can you open, I will never do Madison Square Garden. I did it twice. The second time I did it was something I'm taking to my grave. If I'm fortunate enough in this business to I can sell enough tickets to do Madison Square Garden in my hometown, other than that, I'm not doing it. I bring Burr up on stage, and he goes, how about Verzi killing with a new closer at the Garden? And I was just, Put and I, perspective. dude, I just walked away and I remember sitting there and Bartnick is in the back and he's got a fucking shit eating grin and a, a whiskey, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just looked at me and he goes, Versi, Versi, look at me, Versi, it's never going to get better than this. <laughs> <laughs> you need that guy and, uh, and, to and, call out that And it was, it was a moment that, because listen, man, we have the nights where it's not. And, and we'll have a night that it's like, shit, what, you know, this, this joke, you know, and we're hard on ourselves. Like, we'll have, you ever have a set where, like, people are like, you killed, but you know, you know that you didn't get all of it. It's like, it went over the fence, but, like, the right fielder could have robbed it. Totally. Right. It's you much, didn't hit it on the exact sweet spot. It didn't feel like the way it should when you uh, when it hit the ball. Like you know? when you round first, you're like, did it or oh, and then you finish. Yeah, maybe you stumbled around first base and people <laughs> didn't see that because they were focused on how far the ball went. But you're like, dude, I fucking <laughs> fucked up my round. Like, I fucking I didn't hit. I, I you know, uh, yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't second. have a smooth stride yeah. <laughs> going to second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so so when you know you get all of it. When you know you get all of it and it goes to the upper deck. So so to have that moment and kind of that was when like, you know, me, I, I remember I, I've opened for guys. I've opened for Attell. I've opened for Burr. I've opened for like Brewer. I've opened for guys. And I just knew like when it was time we were smoking a cigar. I was just like, no, dude, you're getting headline laughs. And, I, and the thing is like when anytime I open for a guys like that, I just was wanting to be my time. Yeah. Like, you know, some guys can get caught up in the. Oh, I like the 25 minutes in packed crowds and all that shit. And it's like, no, 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 man. You got to do an hour on your own shit. You yeah. know? That's fucking incredible. It was, it was, it was nuts, dude. That, uh, and that's your how many years into uh, stand up now? So, from my first open mic, t 20, but my first three years in New York, I was barely doing it. Right. 
So it's like I've probably been yeah. a I've probably been a pro for like maybe 16, 17 yeah. years. Cause it's just hard to, you know, like, hey man, come do my show like once a month. You're doing five minutes, count. if that. Yeah. That and count. and you don't so like I'm talking about like I've probably been going hard since oh three, oh four. Right. You know? And so do you uh when you met Burke, because you guys now have a podcast uh together. Yeah. Um uh called what again? Can Anything the, better. Anything better, that's right. Where is that? You guys both have I want to know how much of when you guys became buds did you feel like uh, of your style was already kind of cemented and then just being out with a guy like that. Because you guys definitely have, um, you know, come from the same kind of like, gotta, you pack a lot of punch with your takes on things. There's like a likable, yeah. um, I don't want to say anger, but like a likable frustration to like the way you... Uh, approach certain topics, which I, think, I really dig. I think that there, yeah, I think that a lot of my East Coast friends and guys that like, I would say, comedy wise, like like a Bobby Kelly. It's, yeah. I guess it's like a fast paced, fun, like yes. you said, like likable, but like we're just gonna tell real stories and like you right. know, and there's no like, well, don't like if I have to curse in this because I normally would, I'm gonna. Yeah. Like there's, I don't have rules. Like oh, we shouldn't curse. You could get more fans if you don't. I'm like, I'm just gonna talk about the story. Yeah. And in that story, if it happens to be a curse, but then if it if I can clean it up, yeah. I'll clean it up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess like a realness. I would say like the thing with Bill is when I first started open for him. He would say things like, hey, man, good job this weekend. And I knew what that meant. That meant you got the job done, you got the people to laugh, and you got them ready for me. Then I remember like a couple years later, he goes, oh, that bit you're doing. I'm like, oh, now he's talking about my bits. And then I, and then I remember we were sitting down, and he said some things that like I could have retired. He's just like, dude, you're, you're a fucking beast, man. You're going to sell out. You're like, that, there's jokes. Like it's, I remember one, he said, watching what you're doing is a beautiful thing to watch. And I remember I was just had a sip, and all I was thinking was, all right, I got to tell my wife he said this, this, and that. Because I'm yeah. coming up, and <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going like, this dude who's, who's you know one of the dudes now is seeing, but like he watched it from like, it was almost like he, he was like an older brother or a mentor, and he kind of watched me. And then when he started to watch me headline and, and start killing, and he knew how much it meant to me, he knows how much comedy. I love doing podcasts, and I love doing podcasts with guys like you and friends, but none of us got in this business to be a radio host. Right. Right? right. None of us. I didn't get into business to be. Listen, we could be funny and shoot the shit and make people that are listening right now enjoy it but i got in this business because eddie murphy yeah i got in this business because i wanted to stalk a stage tell stories do quick jokes do this and then just have a whole thing and so to get that from from somebody and and dude when you you know it means something from everybody at every level comics that are younger than you comics that are older than you open micers headliners you know legends when you texted me hey dude man i heard your bit man so funny like things like that it's like it's like oh man people that i respect see something and pay attention because yeah. I, I and that and that mean that's the purity that's the, that's totally. what we're talking about for that's where there's no shortcuts yeah. that, there's nowhere to hide cuz we don't we get the immediate of a validation from being on stage but it's like after that like and that's why bill is such a a goat because you know to be that generous with his um you know uh, affection and uh, appreciation of of other people it's easier said than done to get to a certain level and then still kind of throw uh, nuggets of like, you know, wanting to discuss bits with you or throw you compliments. Yeah. And like there are people in this business, we know them and have, uh, you know, seen them kind of climb to certain ranks where they want to keep people at a certain level and they don't want uh, whoever's with them or opening or alongside in their uh, camp to to get to certain levels because A, of their own insecurities or B, of like, well, I like the way things are. I don't want like, and the fact that he kind of champions 
you yeah. and uh, and did at that point and was like, dude, fucking like you know, encouraging the growth of you becoming a beast and blowing yeah. and, and and doing uh, you know and and blowing them out of the water on certain shows and, and being like, dude, fucking go for it, like yeah, make and, me better. And and it's funny that you said that because at the end of my special, if you watch through the credits, we're all in the back and he walked out and he goes, see, he goes, I knew he'd kill it, and he goes, I don't bring cupcakes on the road. He always would say that to us. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't bring cupcakes on the road. That's and like funny. the thing about Bill is, Bill will be like. Yeah, no, dude, like, you made me work on that show, and I want that. Like, guys like that, and, and I notice when I talk, the greatest headliners mm. want the whole show to be good, yeah. and they want the person before them to fucking kill. Yeah. And it's the guys that want that easy layup, you know, to... to you get to, complacent. You're just not going to push yourself the way you should. At least, I mean, and from our experience, right? But like, From our experience. Maybe there is somebody out there that's just truly fucking can... You but know. I, I knew from you when I met you at uh, Just for Laughs, Adam. I was like, I heard you like talking to people. I was like, oh, you're hungry. Like, you you, yeah. you see who's great. You want to be there. You yeah. love stand-up. Yeah. You love being on stage. And, and I think like, it's, it's kind of like in sports too. Like, you can't teach that part of it. I, mean, I don't think you could teach any of it really in stand-up. But what, what nobody can really be instilled in is that like that want you know i remember driving to harlem from upstate new york oh, wow. to do an all-black room for six minutes no money and i could be booed off stage easily i had to do it i had to do it it was like uh uh yeah, you, you you do get to at this point where you get opportunities like that where there's a definite like uh one way that you could say take it on it's challenging it's fucking terrifying yeah but it's also so uh, easy and comforting to be like, dude, let me just go home and not have whatever feelings of, you know, that that show and not doing well could bring. Like, to want to avoid that yeah. is so... But then those feelings of, like, taking it on and, like, getting a couple laughs or somebody in the crowd, some sassy, you know, smooth, heavy set black lady that's like, baby, I'm going to put you in my purse and take you home. Like, that fucking compliment, you ride that through the next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, dude. No, yeah. I you... remember the first time I opened for Sinbad and like there was tall ass, smooth fucking uh, guys coming out in suits being like, I see you. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then you had these women that were like, I'm going to take you in my purse and put you on. I just want to chew on you at night before I go to bed, baby. I sucked that funny yeah. dick. You're like, what? <laughs> Like, all right, that went a little... That yeah. went... <laughs> all right, but listen, I yeah. appreciate yeah. you like the comedy, but that's yeah, I'm yeah, married. Yeah. Hey, guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Are you a man? What's up, dude? Are you going bald? Sorry. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. Shit, I'm 39. Well, you know what? If my shit starts to go, that's just my fucking journey. And more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. I got buddies that have gone bald family members, good friends, good comic friends that uh, have gone bald. And look, there's only two FDA-approved medications out there that can prevent hair loss. And Keeps offers both. What is Keeps? I'll tell you, Mom. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Because look, keeping your hair, something we all want. Nobody wants to be seeing their own reflection in a pond off their head. If you sign up for Keeps right now, you're going to get convenient. Keeps offers convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months so that you don't even have to leave your home the cost is low how much well treatment started just 10 bucks per month and keeps offers generic versions okay the packaging is discreet so that your neighbors aren't like hey what's going on you lose your hair you're like fuck you rob and the results are proven okay keeps has more five-star reviews which is huge than any of its competitors. Look, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see the results, so act fast. And if you want to act fast and start turning your shit around and getting that head full of stuff, and by stuff I mean hair, 
It's ready to take action and prevent that hair loss. So go to keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash last night to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash last night to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash last night. Time to fill that head up with some hair. So now I'll pick and choose. Now I don't right. want to be in a situation where it's like not not that not a situation that I just want to be like, oh, okay, I've been through some things now. And it's like because because um, we were talking about this. You have to know your self-worth now. Cause totally. We're used to being we were we've been stepped on from day one. And then sometimes you have to understand. And I think for me, 100 percent, the pandemic put things into perspective. Oh, really? Yeah. With, you know, leaving my children. Yeah. Leaving my children. The risk at, reward at, factor, at, at right? Two, uh, at, on a Tuesday night to rush through dinner, run away from my children to do a $25 spot at, at some place and then running and going, all right, like, yeah, I'm going to work on that material. But the pandemic let me know I was off stage for five months and then I went to Arizona. I was fine and I was writing. So. It was like, all right, I need to like take a step back and look at my life and look at my kids and look at their age and know that like, yes, there are things you need to do and sacrifice on the way up. Totally. And by no means do I think I'm even close to where I want to be. A lot of work to do, but I'm going to be with my kids at dinner and I'll put in like if I put in a veils, it'll be like for weekends. And, yeah. you know, I have the compass and all the clubs in New York. So I'll just kind of say, hey, I'm going to come in now, like almost on my terms. Totally. That's what I want to do. I want to yeah. do it on my terms now for the enjoyment of myself and my kids. And there's value in saying no right and picking huge just being more selective and and shit like you discover innately too, just picking you know to be social or go to a buddy's i don't know if you ever on the way up were i remember i would get a lot of slack from buddies when i wouldn't go to their birthday parties just a lot of fun stuff i was skipping out on to go do open mics and they were yeah. just like you're still doing that you know and i was just like yeah. like just come to the party after and i was like and then if I did come super late and everyone's fucked up and I was like, yeah, sorry, I got bumped. Like this guy came in and I still wanted to go up because I'd already been waiting for two hours. So like I didn't want to leave. And they're like, dude, you missed the best. Like no one's really here anymore, man. We dude, already... it was your mother's last yeah. breath. You're like, dude, I know, but they, the booker's going to be but there. <laughs> like that was the thing. A young yeah. comic, if you told them booker or industry, it didn't even matter. Your it could mother's be like, last it, breath. It could... Yeah, that's so funny yeah, though. Dude, but, your mother's but... in room 218. <laughs> and you're like, dude, is it... just tell her to hold on. Yeah. Can you tell her, actually, see if she thinks this is funny real quick. I just thought of this new tag. I'm going to go up and do it. They're like, dude, we literally just I pulled the plug. That's well, dude, <laughs> and they're about to pull the plug on my mic, man, if I don't go up there in two minutes. That's yeah. fuck, yeah. No, like, because it, it's so everything. Yeah. I remember leaving dinners, and I remember going down, and I would go down, and it would be like a scumbag booker. Like, it was not a good room. And like, it would what be, am I doing? And, and right? I'm like, I just what am I doing? this for and, that. And, and then you go, well, that comedian that I know is doing it, and you know totally. what? Maybe that's a thing to do. Yeah, you're hanging your hat on, like, ways to just justify that like all right i didn't just i mean dude i remember sacrificing definitely moments in relationships right where it was like i'm choosing to go do this or i remember i left a girl's you know best friend's birthday party to go because yeah, i got into a point yeah. where comedy juice when it was out here at the improv was yeah. just a really popping show yeah my buddy was running and he was like do you want to come close this like show and i left early and and i tried to explain i was like i got to a point to where i used to you know host this show and and it was like the um you know, to get to a point to where you can have that opportunity to, to go on at the uh, the end and do more time and it's packed and I, you know, and my buddy wants me to, to do that. I was like, I can't not do that. And she was like, well, then I guess you're choosing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, like, but that's don't, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were other yeah. signs too. She ended up fucking a cameraman, but it was from Reno. But, you know, we can get into that on another <laughs> podcast. But, uh, but there's just, yeah. I don't know, there's, there's, you do get to a point and it's cool to get to that point where it sounds like you're at where you can, 
and be comfortable in your choices and be like, I'm going to like, yeah, I, I have, might get something also out of like hanging with this dinner. Something might happen. And like you have to have yeah. both sets of goggles on of like, you, you know, the whole cliche saying of live a life worth writing about. But it's like, I'm sure especially for someone who is, uh, you know, curating um, material from experiences, you're probably yeah. that's always in the forefront of your mind. Right. Like. Yeah, I think it, it, when when I don't, but you know, the funny thing is when I don't think about comedy is when I get the jokes. Whoa. You know, like I was thinking about, uh, like I think I think I wrote a joke. I think I wrote a joke because of, of your text, because you said Wilshire and Fairfax, and I know that's where Biggie got killed, right? And Whoa. Biggie got killed on the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax, right? Whoa. Literally at that light. He was shot at that light. Whoa. He was in the far right lane, and he was shot at the light of Wilshire and Fairfax. Six bullets went in. They, they, that's where they cornered him. So it made and me you're like, think. What Adam text? Yo, don't be As, late. Be right at this corner. Like fucking. Like <laughs> I know the LAPD. <laughs> yeah. No, so Whoa. so when I yeah, so in my mind I was like, oh, I'll see it. But then it made me think of why people visit Kennedy's like. Like the the X where Kennedy got his head blown up. Like, totally. why do we do that? So then I would like so, th so then I just started thinking about why is that a tourist thing? Yeah. And I'm going. There's got to be a joke. And then I'm like, honey, we could go to X Epstein Island, <laughs> and this is that this is the condo Whoa, we could stay. So I'm thinking. So, so in funny. my mind, I'm just. So that's when it happens. So when I'm not. So when I'm not even thinking about comedy, and, and I was like, oh, Wilshire Fairfax, oh, Biggie got killed. Why would I want to see that? Oh, John F. Kennedy's got the X in Dallas. People and then always sudden, want me to go see the Kennedy. People always want to see Why tragedy. is that? Dude, it's I almost like the same way guys are like, yo, I just like in college, like I just took the biggest shit. You got to come <laughs> take a look at this. It's like. Yeah. I was in Oklahoma City, and they're like, yeah, dude, do you want to see the bombing of, you know. the you know, Jesus the, Christ. And I was like, he's like, like, there's I, don't know. I was like, I don't know. Like thousands of people died. There. It's like, great. There's a, there's a new Panera right next door. We'll go there after. You're like, dude, don't try to tie this in. To your shitty tourist, dude. We'll abilities. smoke a cigar. It's like that's a celebratory yeah. thing. That's <laughs> yeah. not. That yeah. is so fucked. So that's, that's really so, funny. So man. that's when jokes come to me like like that. So I'm gonna like you know write that. That's a superpower too, man. To be able to just be so uh, disconnected, but connected to that part of your brain where you're like, I can just be thinking and like living a life mode, but then still have my brain always on in a in a fashion to be able but to. When you're not as a good com, when you're not good enough or, as a comic, and you're younger, I would have never put the. No. I would have went to the big thing took a picture and then been like dude and what's funny about coffee yeah. and I would have just done so, right oh, you're just, yeah, you're I mean, you're just gonna go and do and then you're gonna think about something that's yeah. oh, me and my wife got into a you know but instead so I think it's like yeah I think it's seeing more funny, just dude. with experience so, so then it makes you think of well what's gonna happen later yeah so I'm sorry go ahead where um when you're writing do you how when do you know that like a story like is like after you crush with that story uh playing ball with your son at the garden yeah were you like okay that that version of it is done or are you still like all right I'm still gonna keep playing with it like at what point do you so just... I want it's gonna be in the in the special Great. so what I was gonna do is as I was like touring this year like I got COVID had had COVID early oh, wow. I got COVID like week one I got COVID dude I got COVID like before symptoms were out like I got COVID Mar like the week before so the world stopped. Before we all did, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. One of those guys. You're like, yeah, dude, and I invested in this and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking had so a mask. So once, once I got better and, and I was like, where is safe? I have I have antibodies. Where is safe? So went to Arizona, went to, to San Antonio, went to these places. And I was like, some, very rarely I won't do that joke, but I'm always adding. Mm -hmm. Or I'm always, the act out changed. That's what happened. The act out changed. So now I'm like, I'll act out the game a little bit with my son. Or like, you know, so you know you check it up with him. Or like I did this thing where I back him to the hole and I act like I'm posting up nice. on my son. So nice. that so that made the joke get, get better. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Do, uh, 
did you feel like you got a lease on life coming out of COVID, or was it a pretty? Uh... I was scared just because, like, the week that I had it, every, hospitals were filling up. New York was horrible. They were saying there were no ventilators, and my a lot cough of uncertainty. Would happen, my my cough would happen at night, late. My, my my so it was weird. Like, I'd be okay during the day. I'd like clear my throat, and then at night, I was like, that's when I was like, I get into coughing fits, and I'm going like. Man, it feels like it's high, but if this thing like gets low into my lungs, am I going to be? So I just didn't know. And then once I got to like day seven, eight, I was staying in the guest room. My, all my family ended up getting it. Wow. You know, all my family ended up getting it. But uh, yeah, I, I stayed. Uh, I stayed in the in the guest room, and I lost my smell and taste. And and <sighs> then my wife lost her smell and taste. What was and... the first food that made you? Because <clears throat> that definitely happened to me certain times. If I'd be, I don't well, know, I, sucking I, on a Slurpee or like some you know beef jerky, and all of a sudden I'm just like. I'm like, dude, it says black pepper, but I can't taste any black pepper right now. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you the story. Yeah. So the story is, it's not a, it's not an international symptom yet, right? It's not an international, it's not known yet. And Rudy Gobert, the the center oh, yeah. for the Utah Jazz, when he did the his microphone thing, third time defensive player and, of the and year. He, yes, he did. Yes, he is <clears throat> the Frenchman, right? <clears throat> so. I'm laying in the guest room. I'm coughing, and I just was like, oh, there's no. Do I have this shit? So I'm like, let me let me just see how what Rudy Gobert's up to, like see what his <laughs> symptoms are. And he, I swear to God, I read at night, Adam. He goes, "Hey guys, want to thank all my fans and people, you know, with the well wishes, but I do have to say, I haven't been able to smell or taste in the past four days. Has anybody else experienced this? Now this is before Great Britain said that 60% of cases of people under 60 had this. This is before South Korea said it because those are the first ones. So this is just Rudy Gobert, like 40 hours, 36 hours before it was a symptom. Rudy Gobert." said that because he was so first he was like he was like patient zero right had you gone to rudy gobert for any other medical like never yeah i i would (laughs) yeah the fact that i went to a utah jazz center as a diehard knicks fan (laughs) but i knew that he was like patient zero so i just wanted to and dude hand to god i go down into the laundry room and i take a bottle of fucking febreze and I spray it in my face, and I can't smell it. So I'm going, nah, Paul, this is in your head. And I'm spraying, fuck, and I'm go- I go up to the kitchen. I open whiskey, and I'm going, dude, and I'm going, I got fucking, I got COVID, dude. So, oh man, three o'clock in the morning, I wake Stacy up. I go up to my wife. I go, baby, you gotta come to the hallway. She goes, what? She, she's already pit my wife. When my wife is sleeping or hungry, don't fuck with her. And yeah, I, I can't go, smell Febreze. I go, I go, I go, I go, yeah, I go, babe, you gotta come. She like marches into the hallway of our house, and I go, babe. I think I got COVID. I can't smell or taste shit. And she goes, what? And it's not a symptom. So she's looking at me like, she goes, you fucking woke me up <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning to tell me you can't. And I go, the center of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> God, that doesn't help your case <laughs> yeah, at all. The center, the French center of the Utah Jazz can't smell. And he only knows because Greg Ostertag told him that the bump on his cock was herpes. And you're like, dude, stop getting medical advice from a team you don't care about. We're moving to Utah <laughs> for for doc, for medical. So so then all of a sudden. Like a day and a half later, his his tweet actually made others say, and then doctors started to say. So he actually helped that way. And then five days later, I'm in my kitchen and I see my wife grab a candle and go, and I go, "You fucking got it! You got it!" And tell me that doesn't smell like linen and pumpkin. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Pumpkin spice. (laughs) And um, so then she got it. Then both of my kids. We felt so. So my doctor said. My doctor said he goes, "Don't come in for a test. You have it." Uh, he have it. He said in in a month or two get blood and, and get blood work and you'll see. So in a month or like six weeks later, we went and we all got the antibody test. Came back uh, antibodies quick and wow. and uh, they think I might have had COVID twice because my antibodies were strong a year later. So I, I 
I was told I kind of didn't need the vax, but I took the vax. Yeah. I'm like, even though they were like, you probably, you know, you, I was like, listen, man, and and I'm hearing now you can't go to Europe. If you want to go to Europe or yeah. you want to travel, you got to have, so I was like, I'm going to do it. So I did the Moderna. Yeah. And uh, so- yeah, Did you well, develop, that's crazy, by the way. Did, so did you feel uh, coming out of it like a little- like, you know, like you had a kind of a, uh, not a second lease on life, but like just, I don't know, to, to get through it, did you feel like, all right, cool, now it's extra balls to the wall? I would say, yeah, 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 I felt like, oh my God, like, because it was so new with me. Yes. Like, I remember, like, Andrew Schultz was like, you know you don't. Oh, you're coming on the show. No, you don't. Like, they were thinking, like, I was like, I was, I guess Michael Yo was yeah. the only comedian to have it before me. And he was really bad. He was hospitalized. So he was so pro- <laughs> while he was hospitalized was when I started feeling symptoms. So I I just told like a couple people, and then like Jim and Sam, the Jim and Sam show found out, and they were like, "Do you want to come on?" And then I started getting nervous. I'm like, "Dude, they're gonna like." Then I got nervous that I don't want them to talk to me like, "Oh, dude, Verzi, my dad. like." I didn't want it to turn into like, dude. Yeah. When I tell you like, it was like the first radio about it, and it started to get me like a That's... little. Yeah, it just would have been like I didn't. I also didn't want to get attention that way. I didn't want it to be like that. And then I just like told the story. Um, I had not gotten. I had not gotten tested because yeah. the doctor said no but i told him everything that was going on schultz had me on we talked about it and then once other people started to get it they were like okay like this is not killing everybody yeah because there was so much uh speculation still and so it's almost like nobody wanted to you know like people were making jokes but also yeah. you don't want to be too you know um i don't know jokey about it because you're like this could be a serious yeah like i didn't want to be like lack like i I always had like my it made me think it made me think of like uh not that i was like the first first but like it made me think of when magic johnson said said something in 91 he goes when they told me i had hiv he said my friends and family everybody looked at me like i was going to be dead soon like imagine that because he had it when magic got diagnosed with hiv and he retired from the lakers and had that press conference that's when if you got it you were like yeah. easy E, yeah. Like yeah, like that's when like if you got it. So like he said, he goes, I could see people looking at me, and I was just like, imagine that shit. Fuck that, dude. Like people are looking at you. Like I, this Did you could get be any the of that? last. This could be the last. Just when like people, the only thing that I got was when people wanted me on the radio show. Like quick, it was a little like like producers of shows were going like, "Hey, dude, heard you're not smelling or tasting. You want to come on?" And I'm and I'm going. Heard you can't like, tell, tell the difference between Scotch and Febreze, man. You got a four fifteen slot available. You're like, <laughs> we tried Rudy Gobert. He wasn't. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah dude. dude. It was so. It was kind of. I was just kind of like, what are they trying to like? I'm not gonna say it was gross in the business, but it was. I'm sure there were people that maybe weren't fucking with you as much as you wanted and then they were just like dude we got like come on it'd be cool to hear the story and well luckily jim and sam i'm a friend of the show but there were some podcast people that were like and i'm going like come on we're not that cool yeah like we're cool but like we're not like you texting me at 11 30 at night and trying to get me on the show cool (laughs) yeah you know but once i got to like day eight or nine i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this and then we'll be good to go did you uh develop any hobbies or um i don't know the shows like what was the thing that kind of post Building, building a studio like this in my garage. Because gotcha, okay. once I got through that, I was like, you know what? Because I never... Did you make a bucket list? I never took the Verzi effect as seriously. Like when I go on a show, I was so focused on stand-up. Mm. The special did great. And then I started getting dates in A-rooms all over the country. Yeah. So that's kind of where... But I was neglecting. So I, I loved doing the Verzi effect, but it was just audio. And I was kind of neglecting like, dude, this is your podcast. And the pandemic made me go, all right, now we're going to build a studio. Now we're going to Zoom it. Now we're going to do either split screen with, uh, screen with a guest or I'm going to be there doing my rants yeah. like to the thing. And like, so that, so 
things like that. Like I always felt, I always said to people, I go, look, man, the weakest part of my game I always felt was like social media. I'm almost like humbled to like have to think that somebody wants to see me make eggs. But then I realized, wow. yo, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be out there. So that's when my producer, Andrew Themlis, like we started loading up on clips. I built the studio and I was like, okay, if this is part of the, this is part of the, you gotta be a five to a player, right? Yeah. And uh, that's, that was, my wife would always say that. My wife would go, I don't care about your, are you, you gotta like, you gotta cool. like, and then and then I got to the point where she was like, oh, "There's a lot of clips of you now. Enough for you. I got you in the house and air all over yeah, this shit. Hilarious. I, what, you're the one who said it. Yeah. Are you happy? Are idea? you happy? <laughs> you're getting it home, and now you're getting it on your fucking Instagram yeah, and Twitter. Yeah, you happy? Yeah. Wait. So and then Burr comes to you to do the show, or did you guys kind of? No, naturally... Burr. Burr came to me. Yeah, man. Burr. So here's what happened. When anytime Burr would come on the Verzi Effect or I go on the Money Morning Podcast, we always had a piece go viral. The one thing that really made people, they still talk about it to this day, was we were in Canada together and we did a joke. We talked about it. Somebody wrote in and said, if you could be in a time machine mm. and you go somewhere before the 1900s, where would you go? And dude, me and, him, me and him had, it was literally like Couldn't alley-oop. It was, no, but we were in so, we were in such a flow. I like throw him an alley-oop, he dunks it. He yeah, throws yeah, me yeah. one, I'll revert. It was, he said something like, I said like, I'd go to a war. I'd go to a war where there was like muskets but I'd get out with Uzis and shit and you know him he goes what what the fuck you? he goes you know he's going and I go no dude I would stop a war like I would get out and these people are packed and I would take everyone. I would be a god I would be I go I would be like Jesus and then he goes he goes yeah look what happened to Jesus and I go he didn't have an Uzi and dude and so we got into and, and it went on Whoa. it went on dude and all of a sudden this clip was like blah blah then we had another one go on so there was after about three or four times people together he said to me he goes dude we're gonna do There's this one there he goes we're gonna do this one day I came to LA right before oh by the way before I got sick hmm. before that happened I got I got like LA the fullest you could get it I come out here late February hmm. right which shut everything shut down on the uh, the seven uh, the 20th of March yeah I come out here I do the comedy store main room, packed, sold out, had a great time. Did the, the, the Laugh Factory, had a great time. Got like almost like incredible seats at Lakers and smoked cigars with the, oh, where the owners smoke cigars oh, with the Lakers. Man. Okay. And then Burgos come, come, come up to the house and, and we'll do a podcast. And then I remember him telling me, he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm having people that are really close to me going when you two are together. And then my manager... Uh, hit me up and goes, do that podcast with. So we always, and then the world shuts down. So during pandemic, we would like talk. And then I got a phone call, I got a text message, and he goes, hey man, hit me up. I want to talk to you about something and, and important or something. And then he was like, you know what? He's like, let's let's try to like get this this podcast. So then we were just going through the name, and and here we are. Uh, yesterday we did our our nineteenth episode. It's been like four and a half months or whatever, and it's going great. We have so much fun because the thing is like. We we trust each other like mm. we, we we it's like a, it's such a easy yeah. and it, you had this rapport off stage right it, and that got strengthened from all the dates and the hangs and then and then yeah I mean family you is know? it just every time do you feel like because this is a very cool and one of the benefits of just being in comedy and having comics as friends but like having yeah. you know having the uh, the off stage rapport and knowing about each other's uh, backstories and families and having that comfort yeah and, but then having that comfort to be able to bust balls. But then the trust and the respect. So it's like you can say just about anything because you know you're not going to push a button or strike a chord. Or if you do, both parties trust that, like, you know, you yeah. can navigate around whatever that is, whether it's elaborate on it or be able to read the room and be like, all right, maybe not today on that. Or right. is there just an ultimate, like, yeah, give and take? Yeah, like, you, I can tell. I can tell and he could tell, like, there's... 
there are certain things that I just won't back off. Like we have certain fights that I won't back off on. He won't back off on. So we won't bring that in. Like, like there's a couple of sports arguments that like, I won't like, I, 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 I think Mayweather is the best. I, I, I think Mayweather is the best. He's 50 and 0. And like, you know, they kind of will, will shit on me. And God, you know, one of his things was get this. We were in a restaurant fighting about this. And they're talking like Hagler, Hearns, and all that. And I'm going, I respect that. But this kid's defense, like, look at what people are saying about him. He can't be hit by a And he was like, get this kid a malt, you know, like, Hilarious. because I'm a. So we would get into that stuff. And, we, and like, I'm not going to back down from that because I really think that. But when he's in a mood, he's not going to back. So we'll, we'll, we'll feel each other. But we kind of have this understanding on the show where it's like, we trust each other and for the sake of the show like me and him will argue me and him will argue on the phone uh, like hard or text we've had it we had a three-hour text message where you would think like it like this is getting nuts like no you don't know what the fuck blah, blah, and then all, and then and then we'll be on the show and it's like love dude and, isn't that great like yeah. i used to have that with my best friend in sixth grade we would literally like fight yeah. so hard yeah play checkers remember one time he was beating me in checkers and i just went boom 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 king me and then i flipped the board and go see you tomorrow bitch sixth yeah. grade he tackled me down the stairs and we fought for a good 30 minutes in the little stairway thing right in front of the door to where he fucking scratched me bit me see those claw marks on my hand <laughs> i called him tony the tiger he scratched me with his fucking fingernails we are like bleeding sweating and then I just stand up and I was like, "You want to come over and play Madden like an hour?" He's like, "Yeah, after dinner." Yeah, like and you, then you I guys go like home. ate each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he came right over. It's like that's a very uh, insane but special bomb have. Thanks. Yeah. The, the only the only thing you know the only thing about it is since Bill is such and I liked it and I took on that challenge, but like I, I said this one time before, like the only thing is when somebody at that level you know, is like, cause you know, we're a generation apart, right? He's 10 years older than I am, you know, or whatever. So, uh, when, when somebody at that level, it put a, it put a, bu- a, a target on me in a, in a good way, yeah. but it put a target on me because people would go, like, who's this dude? Like somebody hit me up and goes, Bill Burr just called you a beast on his podcast. Now that, that means when people come to my show, there's like, it's, a, but I like that, that up, but right? I like that yeah. though. Cause I'm like, yeah, well you're going to see like, but it was, it was like, something where it was like, sh- like you know not shit but like all right man i gotta but i i loved it and that's kind of what it was it was flattering where and, and i took that but i you know there, I, I had people come up i remember i was at the stand one night and one guy goes man you were funny as hell but you had to be i heard too much good shit from 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 a dude like that and i was just like and, and, th- and that made me realize i'm like oh that that's that's not just this incident that's probably happening without you coming up to me drunk and after it's a telling yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> hey guys adam ray here for the about last night podcast hope you're enjoying this episode Obviously, it's a very difficult time for everyone right now. We're all uh, challenged in finding a day-to-day routine that, uh, that makes our lives uh, consistent and awesome. And if there's something that's interfering with your happiness right now or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Uh, BetterHelp is a professional counseling service online, private, and it's so convenient. Um, I've used it for a little bit now. It's truly the only way uh, that I found uh, to help get uh, my own issues dealt with on my own time uh, at my own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your licensed professional counselor right now. They're specialized in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief or relationships, uh, sleeping, which I have a lot of uh, trouble with, trauma, self-esteem, anything that you share with them is confidential. And guess what? If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, at any time, you can request a new one for no additional charge. There's 3,000 
U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, available worldwide. And again, there's four ways to communicate with them. Text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on any desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. Schedule a video or phone session, generally weekly, unless your therapist schedules more. Uh, unless you just are really not sleeping and need to get some uh, some some additional chats in. Uh, there's broad expertise in the network, which may not uh, which may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure, it's convenient, it's professional, and above all, it's affordable. All right, it's truly the most affordable option I found. So right now, all ALN listeners are going to get ten percent off your first month with a discount code about last night. So why not get started today and start making some changes for the better in your life? You deserve it. So go to betterhelp.com slash about last night. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night. Betterhelp.com slash about last night and get 10% off your first month with promo code about last night. And now back to the episode. Bill, though, I feel like, you know, it's calculated. He knows that like yeah. when he's going to start truly probably dropping that stuff more so knowing that like you are backing it up of right course. like uh, uh, like of course like that's the thing and, that, and that's what's flattering about it for sure um anything better where's that title come from so we would always we would always say it actually comes from um a joke that I, we were in my garage freezing it was snowing and it wasn't a redone garage like it wasn't the garage was a shitty there was right, a garage right. like there's shit in there there's like thing and we're like shivering smoking a cigar just hanging and i go is there anything better? This is how great. There's nothing. He goes, well, it could be a little bit like, so we would, so then, or like we would could be, be a little like, warmer in here. We yeah. always use it for anything. Gotcha. So like if we're smoking a cigar in a, in a, in a sports lounge, in a leather chair, having a whiskey and we look, is there anything better than this? Right. And like, no. So then like now people write in anything better, anything worse. Whoa, is there anything worse than when, so now we have like Built you know segment. so yeah so like if you ever came on the show and like whatever you love like something that you just is like like, like you're in your zen like that time is yours like is there anything better than that and then us and it was kind of like us finally doing it us together so it was just it meant everything that's amazing yeah man. yeah yeah I uh, I also do love our um, our uh, our fandom of sports and comedy and that's like yeah. the amount of analogies you've just so casually dropped during this pod that are sports related and comedy because the two are so very yeah intertwined yeah um i love your shit i love when you i love the shit you have with, with sean kemp i i love the by the way for real quick yeah the fact that seattle doesn't have the supersonics is sickening <sighs> dude i mean they, we'll do a part it's gonna come but it's, it's gonna come it's, it's gonna, gonna happen that getting the hockey team getting the arena is what's uh gonna make it happen and then the hockey team sold out in like a 20 minutes. Sean Kemp was one of my favorites, by the way. Just so, even Dude, I'm a diehard I don't know Knicks how fan. much of that you watch. That guy is so fucking articulate and well spoken. And like, we got into some shit. It was awesome. I mean, I'm going to smoke weed with him uh, next week and when I go back up there at That's his shop. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, he, uh, I like guys that stick around and add to the community in which yeah. they help build up and are still. Taking advantage of being well. And that's also why we need a team so that he can fucking have his jersey retired, man. Like, you got to. These guys really... Kemp uh, needs to be up in the rafters. Totally, man. Yeah, I want that moment where he's fucking looking down at me, like, you know, wearing the Ray jersey on the... You know, but he... Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, there's so many... Um, I was rooting big time for your Knicks, too. I mean, that's a... That, that hurt, yeah. That was a, like... I mean, 
you know, just to get to the playoffs, I'm sure, was a win, right? It, it was huge. I took my son to the only win. Whoa. For his birthday. Whoa. And it was my first Knicks playoff game at his, and the place was I've never seen. The three biggest things I've ever been to in my life, as far as crowd, I'll never forget. Duke UNC at Duke is is Cameron Indoor, dude, 9,000. It was like a glorified high it. school gym, and it was it was nuts, standing up nuts. That, I was at Game 1 of the World Series, Yankees-Mets. I'm a Yankee fan. We won in extras. That made me go nuts. But th- the game I took my son to two weeks ago, uh, Game 2, the Garden, 16,000 allowed for only the second time. It was because Game 1 they let it in. 16,000 in the garden after these people have been cooped up in the house. The Knicks are back in the playoffs. Dude, there was a fucking alley-oop from half court mm. that Trey Burks threw to Obi Toppin, and everybody thought it was too high. So it looked like, because he was so far to throw it. Yeah. Like, he like was like two steps past half court. You're like, oh, this is going to be. And he just goes like that. And Obi Toppin's a big kid, and he's running. And I'm going, I don't know if that, that might go through. Dude, he caught it and yoked it. And when I, I got the chills right dude. Mattis's my son's going, let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, he's like, can I curse? I was like, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was really electric in there. And, um, so like to lose and the whole trait, you know, young thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but listen, man, they had, they had more snipers than we did. They, they figured out something during that season that we couldn't, they had too many three point shooters yep. that, and, and listen, sometimes they say you live by that, you die by it. They, they figured it out. They had a lot, but we'll come back. Listen, we're going to come back. I think they're going to make a couple of adjustments. You um, also needed a season like that to be attractive yes. to big players. Every yeah. team, you have to have that one season where. Hopefully you do get at least to the first round and make enough of a splash and an impact for people to go, all right, there's something there. Yeah. Just to stay in the limelight, at least, you know, into uh into May and, and June for a little bit. And what you didn't see was Dolan. You notice that? They had the they yeah, told the that. owner, like the owner if you noticed that, it was like he was in like witness protect. They were just like, dude, you need to we have something here. Nobody wants to see you. They don't care about your band. I love that. Sloppy too. look, like just you know what I mean? And he was he was away. And then and then it's funny, then he went to Ranger games. <laughs> Hilarious. He was like, All right, I'll go to the other yeah. team that's bad, and I'll just show my sloppy face there. Wow. Yeah, that type of uh, – you mentioned those three big events where the place was nuts. I've got another three. I've got um, yeah. uh, Celine Dion in Vegas when I was on Two Pop Brownies, uh, wow. the opening of a Cracker Barrel in Des Moines. Dude. And uh, my white brother-in-law, Dirte's first concert that I went to when he was rapping about fucking my sister. Paul, I want to close the show out. <laughs> I want to – all three had their own levels of uh, – don't uncharted. sleep on a Cracker Barrel, dude. Dude, the grand opening. Dude, St- wait, stumbled upon it, by the way. And you know what made me nuts about the Cracker Barrel? I was, I was like, dude, they got toys. Yeah. I was like, they got checkers. toys. <laughs> like, they have a whole gift shop. Uh, no, yeah, like you get checkers and yeah. like a, and an airplane. Yeah. And then- <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Quick Cracker Barrel story. Was there? Um, I think in, it might have been Utah. Was there yeah. with uh, Jeff Dye and a few other people? That's and, why you're um, a pro. I just mentioned that. Oh, real quick, quick Cracker Barrel <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, you're writing jokes. No, I mean, but this is this was great because it's also the, the, our our uh, we had this real sweet server. She's coming over, and we were all just being comics and ball busting with her, and and I'm sure like talking about the toys and how cool it is to work there and this and that and the food and and uh, you know Jeff's you know just charming her and and um, and so then the boss comes over because she was definitely talking to us probably longer than she should have been, and he comes over and he goes, "What's uh, going on?" He was also jealous of like. I don't know, because he knew we were comics and we were in town for whatever. And so then he kind of had, was met halfway with like, not uh, pumped that she's not, you know, uh, being more active with her job. And also like the fact that she's chumming it up with comics. I think he kind of, so he comes over, he's like, oh, what's going on? He's like, you guys are making some new friends? And we're like, oh yeah, she's blah, 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 this night. He's like, oh, so yeah, you guys comics and makes a couple comics. And then he's like, uh, he's like, I got to. 
He's like, I got a. Uh, that's the this story is too long. Alarm. Uh, he goes. Uh, he goes. I got a joke uh, for you. He goes. What do you call a waitress standing around not doing her job? Oh. And there's a pause, and we all go. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> bullshit. And looks at her and goes, and she just goes. And then Jeff Dow was like, hey, man, you're a fucking asshole. And we were all just like, yeah, that wasn't oh, nice. Like, she's been crushing. He's like, she's been standing around. Like, we've got, we got taters and biscuits for her to be uh, dropping off. And it like, got real weird. We all tipped her extra hard. And uh, yeah, but it was like, but it was also in hindsight it, very the, funny. Part like, of it he, is funny. Like, even though it's rude. The joke is very the funny. The way he said Because you joke. knew what was coming. Like, it was like, you saw that. And he looked right at her and she was just like, okay, anyways, I'll go get your guys' <laughs> gravy or whatever. You know, like. Was that two gravy boats? Uh, I thought you were going to go, yeah, fired. Now get the fuck oh, out of here. Oh, man. Yeah, well, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that no, that's been. hilarious, though. Um, all right, so I want to close this out with yeah. a, um, so Inside the Actor's Studio, one of my favorite shows, R.I.P. James Lipton. You no doubt would have been on it once uh, at one point. So let's um, let's <laughs> go ahead and close it out with the 10-question uh, questionnaire to get to know Paul Verzi. Sure. Paul, <clears throat> what is your favorite word? Um... My favorite word. Oh my god, nice. dude! That's, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. My favorite word is um, uh, peaceful. Great, great. What is your least favorite word? Um. <laughs> oh my god! My least favorite word is is um, anxiety. What turns you on, Paul Versey? What turns you on? Um, winning. What turns you off? <laughs> By the way, your co-host of Anything Better, Bill Burr, said what, to what turns him on, free time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you asked me, what turns what me What turns you off? What turns me off? Yes. Um, uh, passive, uh, passive, aggressive mm. people. Mm. Condescending, passive, aggressive people turn me off. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah what me. is your favorite curse word? Um, probably motherfucker. Yes. Do you like to say it at the end or the beginning of a sentence? Beginning. Yeah. <laughs> carries a lot of value, a lot of weight. <laughs> Most effective against children. What sound or noise do you love? Um, laughter. What sound or noise do you hate? Um... Uh, what's uh, uh, children crying? What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Probably a professional athlete. What profession would you not like to do? Um, probably a lawyer. Dealing with that and, and like, just letting people, like, and then if you don't get what they want and then just fighting with judges and then having to do that, like, I, I, that's a, I, I don't even want that stress. Yeah. You know? And your opinion, like, matters but can get, you know. And, like, if they're, like, yeah, like. Abused. If they're, you're going to bed the night before knowing that if the court thing doesn't work out for a family the next day, they could lose their business and you were the one they hired. It's like, you know, when the pilot sucks and he doesn't come out to greet. You ever have those flights? <laughs> <laughs> you ever have those flights? When he, when dude, he, dude he bombed. He bombed. I never have thought dude, of it so, like yeah, that. Dude, dude, listen to me. That Th is next time, so 
fucking funny, dude. Adam. He bombed, even though he got you there safely. Anytime they land, they should come out and take a bow because it's like, you didn't die, motherfucker. Like, you're welcome. I, I Yeah, but you dude, see, listen, I had I had 200 and something souls. <laughs> uh, they always say, remember, somebody goes, souls. Yeah. No, I had that many people on here, and we're in Hawaii. Okay, we were over the Pacific for 10 fucking hours, <laughs> yeah. and we're here. Yeah. Okay, it was bumpy. Yeah. <laughs> it was bumpy. You got to watch Simon Birch twice while sipping a, Mai Tais. I had a bad flight. And I go, hey, that motherfucker ain't coming out. <laughs> Landing sucked. Like guy bombed. It was it was the equivalent. It was like when you bomb at a show or you don't do good at a show, you leave quick. You know, you know when you bomb, you yeah. just like you don't say two the, the goodbyes to friends are a little quicker. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, man, I'll take off, see you guys. You Ask just, the staff to as, sell your merch. That's what he he's just sitting in the cockpit with his head down, going, Are they like just are, are they, they gone? gone yet? Are they gone? <laughs> so, Let me know when I can take off again. <laughs> no, man, you're here for two nights. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got the Atlanta route Wednesday. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, Dude, so, amazing. so yeah, so like okay. being a lawyer that yeah. you're thinking of that. Yeah. If heaven exists, Paul Verzi, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did everything I expected you to do perfectly. <sighs> I mean, come on. Yeah. You motherfucker. If he just, he uh, yeah. And then he <laughs> let, lights a cigar and gives it to me. <laughs> and then, yeah. Takes off his coat. He's wearing a Ewing jersey under that. A Verzi jersey. And then we're sitting there, and he goes, dude, I knew you were going to try that joke at the garden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Great answer. Dude, Yeah, so glad we made this happen. Oh, dude, man. Fucking, and uh, no, no, you want to know homie. why? I'm going to tell your listeners something, dude. This dude is is a stand-up guy. No pun intended. The guy, is, you're a real dude, man. Thanks, bro. You know, you're, you're, you're just one of those dudes where it's like, you know, a lot of people could have reached out. And not, not that, but like... And I, I watch you do stuff, and, and, and I know how funny you are, but, like, you're just a real one, and, and I know people always say that. Like, you know, I had some L.A. I'm not going to mention names, but I had some L.A. people sure. go, hey, man, no. I was like, dude, I had a lot of L.A. people tell me they love me, and it's like, dude, we just met. I mean, you don't know me. You know, like, that is crazy. Hey, man, I love you, dude. And it's that's different. Yeah. Like, that's different. Like, hey, man, I love you. But, yeah, but yeah. like, I'm like, dude, I love you, dude. Like, you're a real one. It's like, we just met. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like, you you are a real one, dude. And uh, I, I'm glad that the podcasts I did on this run were with people like that. And here's the other thing me and Adam were in contact that I was coming through to do podcasts. Yeah. And he goes, man, dude. Love to make it work, yeah. but I'm going to be in Jersey. I was Jersey. Just in Jersey, and then I was going to go from Jersey to Virginia, where I am this weekend. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, they canceled the Jersey weekend, and just like anything, like you just, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, forgot that I now had that time to do it, and then I- uh, Yeah, you hit me up. Saw you were here, and I was like, oh shit, now I can, and then I, I went back. I and saw I, a text, and you go, Jersey got canceled, man, yeah. let's do it, and I'm flying to Austin tomorrow, oh, so it perfect. worked out. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. It was kismet. Um, I still don't know what that totally, is kismet the right word? Do you ever say a word? Coming out of the pandemic, I feel like since I did less talking, I'm re-also adjusting to like, I'll say a word and I'll yeah. be like, is that what I'm supposed to say in that moment? Like, <laughs> like even I just said it now, and it, but it's all commitment with words. Like, you I, know. Got, I got an embarrassing one real quick. I know you got to run. Dude, I was in the car with a buddy. We're driving cross country. And he said a word that's not that big of a word. Yeah. And I called him out on saying it was a big word. He goes, yeah, and this whole dilapidated area. And I just go, really? <laughs> I go, I go. I mean, did you have to go big with the <laughs> fucking dilapidated? Am I right or is that too? No, that's is a dilapidated? showy. That's yeah, it a, it's yeah. a very. He, he uh, was like a like a lit major. Like he, yeah, I'm going like, I just go to really do like dilapidated. Like dilapidated in my neighborhood was shitty. Like that's a shitty neighborhood. Yeah. Like, oh, look, yeah, that dilapidated area. Things are fun. I just, don't. I, dude, even if I worked at a dilapidated factory, 
and my like I don't know the guys the brother it was like the Delap like the Delapa family I don't know do they if, even if there was just no way around using the word I still wouldn't use it and first of all dilapidate so it means like what like 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 dilapidated means like run down, run down beat yeah. up shitty dude but- so many synonyms for dilapidated so many to where dilapidated I feel like was almost like. It, with someone who was making synonyms for rundown, they were like, dude, we need a couple more. Oh, we need a couple smart you. ones. Like, Thank you. Because I'm in the car and I go, really, dude? Did you have to use a big... And he, you know, he just, also, it's not a big word. It's not a big dilapidated. Well, fuck just, that. Yeah. Extra. If you're going to double down and say oh, dilapidated no, is like a cat... Dude, everyone says dilapidated. I have, And I was like, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard dilapidated. When's the last time you had a conversation with somebody, you saw something run down and they go, dude, how dilapidated? You, you wouldn't do you it. You have to go out of your way. That's extra syllables. It's, it's, it's extra like... Dude, even... And, and when I... No, there's no, there's, there's no, <laughs> guess what? That is a red flag. That's a deal breaker. I, I'm surprised you didn't pull over and fucking let him out. Like, well, we were like, it, we were in New Mexico on the highway and it was just Red Rock Mountains. And then he pointed at something and said that. And then I just go, <laughs> you know. So. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, dude. But it, it's also like, I don't know. I appreciate, and I have friends like that too, that yeah. will go out of their way to use certain vocab. And I'm like. I'll definitely go back and like Google what it is after, and I'm like, all right, maybe I'll add that to the arsenal. I love the friends in our business who name drop when it's completely unnecessary oh, yeah, and obvious. Dude. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I was walking down, and uh, I think Madonna saw my shoes. <laughs> anyway, I, I feel like, wait, whoa, what? Yeah, and I was in Central Park, and like these pigeons, like who started, like my buddy uh, Denzel, he starts running at these pigeons, and these pigeons freak <laughs> out, and they like, and they freaking out. And it was like Denzel was on the phone with, um, well, well, you know Tom Hanks, but oh. but so Tom Hanks like, and he was like loves my shit, I guess. And like I was doing this bit, the one where I think Beyonce was in the room, but probably wasn't her. <laughs> and and I remember the yeah. bit hit, yeah, those yeah, yeah. people, that, that was the funniest. Was... My my buddy Mark Sartell has a joke right now where he goes, uh, he goes, my friends say I uh, name drop a lot. Um, you know uh, which friends of mine doesn't say that? Michael Douglas. <laughs> That's really funny. A great bit. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't get a huge laugh, that, but it's that, a great bit. That's really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got that, and then he's got another opener where he goes, "Mark Saratella is my stage name. My real name is Mark Shaquille O'Neal." Again, always splits, doesn't get a big laugh, and I'm like, "You got to stop doing that." He's like, "It gets laughs." I'm like, "He's like, it's a good opener." I'm like, "An opener should get some laughs." Yeah, he hit me up for that supernova, great but dude. I think he you forgot. You got to do it. Yeah, but I think he forgot because like the oh, he, it was yeah. like a he, yeah, that'll happen. He's I mean, so know. yeah, no, he I was like I flew in Sunday and I was gonna do it, oh, and no. then like my I was gonna I flew in Sunday and I had a couple hours and then like I I was like I mean I don't know he was like. I think he might have thought it was like a stop. I, there was like my, I wasn't anywhere on it. I didn't know. Then I felt. Then I saw like all these people on it, and I was like, dude, I don't think I'm on it. Oh, so he might have just. I have think you hit him up at all. I think I didn't. I didn't. I just. But I think what it was was it was late night New York. I go, I'm coming in. And he was like, he was like real quick. Yeah, cool. But come to, and then all of a sudden I saw like all these comics, and I wasn't. So I'm going like, yeah, for was, sure it's a forget. I mean, he's done that. It with, must have been yeah, a forget. Yes, thing. a yeah. thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, um, I'm glad you told me because I have that. I hold vendetta. I have a vendetta. No, I'm kidding. Hilarious. I hold grudges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. He, uh, he'll get you on. I think That's next time show. I'll do it. I'll give him time. When are you coming back? Like dude, uh, oh, probably, I'm gonna probably come back to promote my special in l- late August, early Fuck September. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's going to be a bad Pete Davidson's first directorial debut, and he asked for it. No way. Yeah. We didn't even talk about our fucking love for Pete. I mean, that guy, I mean, I know you've known him for from the get go, oh, but dude, dude Pete, is- I, Pete and I's first TV appearance was together on Adam Devine's house party. Okay. But I used to, when I come th- would come through to New York, when I think I met him when he was, I want to say 18, 19. I mean, he was the one guy that I would smoke pot with every time I came to New York. Yeah. And, um, but what a sweetheart, man. That's no, fucking dude, killer. He's going to direct the, it. The coolest thing is, uh, 
he saw like 25, 30 minutes of my new hour. And he's like, dude, this is some of the best. He's like, I want to make my director because he wants to start doing like productions and stuff. Fuck yeah. And he's like, I want to be a part of this. So he's like, w- w- you know, can I, di- w- can I direct? I'm like, dude, I lo- love you and I'd love for you to direct it. So uh, we're going to do it in September. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I can't dude. wait, dude. Yeah, no, That'll it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to probably do it at uh, Levity Live. I'm going to do it at Levity Live. Oh, killer. So it's like 400 seater, yep. big stage. Yep. Kind really of built big for stage. specials almost. It, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell did her HBO there. And uh, just that could be the title of the special. Yeah, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell did her HBO here, and it's my second. That's what we we were thinking about that. Comma, yeah, yeah. But uh, (laughs) that would be funny. I mean, dude, that would get people to tune in for sure. (laughs) You throw a little love to Rosie. Maybe you shoot a sketch with her pre-special. Oh, that'd be yeah. Where she's like, you know, has a little bit of like, you know, she's honored that you, you know, are kind of, you know, throwing love that she shot there, but also she's like. It's fucking like a lot of people are expecting me now to be on the show. Be funny if I so dressed as Rosie and just continued her special. <laughs> like I could, <laughs> dude. How you, funny you would that be? Show a clip on the if big it was screen. The same and then you backdrop. Just come back out, and yeah. I just came. Like yeah, it was the same exact backdrop. Whoa. And she goes, oh, she's not done. Like the voice of God, and I just did a Rosie impression for an hour, and that oh was my special. Oh my god, It'd be hard to do a Rosie impression as like. A Have big, you tried big, to do one? How, what no, is what? I mean, I don't even know. Like she, no, I'm, she's got a very uh, distinct a, voice. Yeah. yeah, distinct voice. Um. But uh, yeah, so we should shoot that in uh, yeah. September. So oh yeah, yeah. At Paul Verzi on Instagram and Twitter, uh, anything yeah. better Verzi effect yep. special uh, again yeah. out uh, YouTube now. People can go. Find you can it. check. Uh, yeah, so like almost half my special is on my YouTube channel. So and we we kind of redid. There's a new YouTube channel that we started during the pandemic. Like subscribe. Anything better has its own YouTube channel. Get me on all that stuff. And uh, this I will. This is not coming out today. Or this will come out in um, uh, two weeks. Okay, no, yeah. cool. So what do I have there? We changed Salt Lake City. Anyway, I'll be at the um, Fairfield Community Theater in Fairfield, Connecticut for the Connecticut Comedy Festival. I'll be out there July too. T- oh, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it two nights after you. Fuck Wait yeah. a minute. I'm doing On the 22nd, me, I think. Me, maybe you, me, you, and Brett Ernst are doing back-to-back-to-back. So that's yes, right. Dude. So so the week, yes, I'm doing July. If you 20th. want your fill of East Coast white dudes and one Seattle dude who sounds like he's from the East Coast. And all three dudes love comedy and sports. Yeah, this dude. is your weekend. And if you want a conspiracy theorist uh, to push his shit on two other guys that are open minded. Yeah. And that's dude, what... you want to know what else? Dude, Rosie O'Donnell's hosting. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can check me out there. And okay, cool. my first theater show. Oh, is October tw- it's far, but it's October twenty second. It's on sale now. Wilbur Theater. Oh yeah, Boston. Wow. Yeah. So you could get those. Should open with that. That's amazing, <laughs> dude. Open with that. Yeah. That's amazing. Paul Verzi, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.